is Pull Yourself Together with E. Shaver Booksellers. Hello, I'm Jessica, a lifelong lover of books, wide-ranging reader, fan of obscure British literature, all things Douglas Adams, long sentences, music biographies, the Oxford comma, always up for travel, except during COVID, and of course, Jane Austen. And I'm Melissa, an eclectic bibliophile and all-around nerd who also loves Jane Austen, comics, and cooking. Together, we run an independent bookstore in Savannah, Georgia. Each episode, we discuss the books we've been reading and recommend. Hi, everybody. Um, I think we're back. Yeah. Yes, this month. So I think we've gone to... Once every, a month. Well, I think, yeah, every three weeks, and mm-hmm. I think we're right on track for every yes. three weeks. Um, so we just had quite the big book weekend um, here yes. in Savannah. <laughs> we did. It was the book festival, which is every President's Day weekend, mm-hmm. and this is the first year that we were back in person, and it was really nice to see everyone. Yeah, it was delightful. Um, they had a great lineup of authors again this year. Um mm-hmm. As as is typical of every book festival, I go in with like a couple that I've read, um, mm-hmm. a couple that I've been interested in, and a lot that I'm like, I don't really know anything about this. And then I come out with a huge to-be-read stack of books because everybody makes their books sound fascinating, and they I just want to read them all. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really nice this year. So uh, David Baldacci was the um, headline speaker. And then William Kent Kruger was the, um, I've got that backwards. Baldacci was the opening speaker. Mm-hmm. William Kent Kruger, or Kent, as his friends call him, mm-hmm. um, was the keynote speaker. And then the ladies from Friends and Fiction totally knocked it out of the park on Sunday. Yeah, they were they were incredible. <coughs> uh, they were just great. My, um, my husband came away from uh, that with a huge crush on Mary Kay Andrews. And, I, well, well, who could blame him? I know. What's <laughs> not to love? Um, it was, um, yes, yeah, so it was a really fun weekend. And... We sponsored um, Miranda Kelly Heller, who is just a delight. Um, you will remember that Jessica and I um, talked about her book with our uh, Penguin rep, Diane, mm-hmm. um, the book The Paper Palace. Um, and we all had um, a difference of opinion on how it ended. Mm-hmm. And we do have a definitive answer on how it ended, which we won't tell you because, you know, if you haven't yes. read it, spoiler. But if you want to know, shoot us an email. Yeah, we, we'll we, can, we can tell you what her intention was. But her it, intention was to be perfectly clear. Yes, but she, she admitted that perhaps she failed in that because that's a question she gets a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was fun. Patricia Lockwood, um, who lives in Savannah and is in the bookshop, but I'd say fairly regularly, um, spoke, and I had not ever really gotten to hear her speak before, and so it was nice. To, I heard um, her speak about pre-study when she was at the I book had festival that the last one. time. Yeah, because someone else was on when mm-hmm. she was on, so I enjoyed that. Um, and our own Taylor Brown spoke this time. Yes. And he did really well. He did so well. People were raving about Taylor, and it it made me so happy. Our little boys all growed up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him we said that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think it was a success, the book festival. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so Melissa and I have been reading a little bit. Um, I've actually yeah. um, gotten over the hump of my um, inactivity in reading. Where so. I've fallen 
into a kind of a reading slump recently, and it's not because nothing is appealing. Everything looks good to me. Mm -hmm. I just don't pick something up. Like, I don't... It's just a weird time for reading in me right now. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I think we all go through that, and um, it really... I took, I think I read just one damn thing after the other, which kind of knocked me out of my slump. And, yeah. and then I finally finished listening <laughs> um, to uh, my Witch and Vampire series. And, um, <laughs> and so I started listening to more things. And so I'm, I think I'm, I'm back in the saddle again. Yeah. But. And the, the other thing with me is like, I normally tear through books and it's like the ones that I have picked up to read, I'm just taking forever to read them and not because there's anything wrong with the books it's just i'm mm-hmm. just just slow right now <laughs> well you need a deadline that's the thing that's true um, um but yes. i have read some things which i'm happy mm-hmm. to talk about yes me too so um i'll go, I'll go, go for ahead yeah. um so i'll go with the the one um one of the ones that i picked up and read Oh, a few weeks ago um, that I absolutely loved. And I don't know how I missed his first book, People We Hate at the Wedding, but this is Grant Grinder's Let's Not Do That Again. Um, I read it as an ARC. Um, It comes out April 5th. And it was just a delight if, if you happen to enjoy Veep and the humor in Veep, a little bit raunchy political humor, Mm -hmm. um, this is the book for you. Um, if you really enjoyed, like, My Year of Rest and Relaxation, Nothing to See Here, Fleshman is in Trouble, kind of, um, yeah, it's definitely b- a book for the snarkier and dark turn of mind folk. No, so right up my alley. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a family story of sorts. It's, um, there is a, um, a female politician who, almost Nancy Pelosi-like, but not Nancy Pelosi, who is running for the Senate seat in her district in New York um, for the first time. And her daughter, and this is how the book starts out, so I'm not giving anything away that you won't know in the first chapter. So her daughter, Greta, is going through a bit of a sort of rough time, doesn't know where she's in the world, has kind of changed her career path and is working at an Apple store right now in New York. And um, anyway, goes to Paris supposedly for cooking school and ends up in the middle of this protest, throws a bottle of champagne through a bistro window, which is caught on film and go right in the middle of her mother's political campaign. And the book kind of goes from there. All right. Her brother um, used to work for her mom, but has resigned and is now uh, teaching at NYU. But he's also working on a musical um, about Joan Didion's life in New York. Sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've uh, heard of weirder musicals. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's also, um, oh, looking for love and he's finally met maybe maybe someone he really likes young man and um yeah that has a twist too in the book so um it's sort of a question of do the ends justify the means um 
And again, darkly funny. And I can't really say much more because it will give too much away in the book. But I highly recommend it okay. um, when it comes out in April. And I think I already gave my copy to Melissa. Yeah, I, it is in my yes. stack. So Grant, It's one of the books that looks really great and I just can't bring myself <laughs> to read. <laughs> yes, Grant Grinder. let's not do that again. Okay, um, so the first one that I wanted to talk about is um, Agent to the Stars by John Scalzi. Um, and I've kind of read John Scalzi's books sort of backwards because this is his very first book. And the, the story of this book is actually quite funny. So in much the same way that mm-hmm. Diana Gabaldon started writing, John Scalzi was like, I'm going to write this book just to see if I can. Mm-hmm. Well, and if anybody's read John Scalzi, you he know can. that he can, yeah. in fact, write a book, and they're damn good. Mm-hmm. But um, this one he wrote, and he put it up on his website, And basically was like, okay, so if y'all read this and you like it and you want to shoot me a dollar, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. So he made like $4,000 from people just chipping in Mm -hmm. a dollar from people who liked it. And so this very small publisher um, asked to actually put it in print and did a tiny print run of like 500 hardcovers of this book. And... Um, they sold out and he, um, he actually was saying that he wishes that he had a few of those kicking around because they're selling for like $600 on eBay right now. Mm -hmm. And it would be nice to, uh, be able to make some of that money. Mm -hmm. Um, but it got picked up by, um, a major publisher and he went back and he revised it because there's a lot of pop culture references in Mm -hmm. it. And so the version of it that I read was sort of the second reissue by the publisher. And again, he said he had gone through and updated the pop culture references so it wasn't dated and it made more sense. But mm-hmm. he, he did say that was the last time he was touching it. He was, he was done revising this book. But I just thought it was it's just always funny to me when people write books just to see if they can and they mm-hmm. end up, you know, Absolutely. then... Having an amazing career. (laughs) Hitting it out of the park. Yeah, uh, for sure. So Agent to the Stars is um, sci-fi like all the rest of his books, but it's um, an alien first contact story. Mm -hmm. But it starts with Tom, and Tom is a Hollywood agent, Mm -hmm. um, and he... He's not like a high-level agent. He is... um, what they call a junior agent. He's just been promoted out of the mailroom and okay. is like really like um, got his first clients now. And so he has a couple of has-beens, a couple of never-will-bees, mm-hmm. a couple of really difficult clients. And then he's got this one whose career is just exploding all of a sudden. Um, and he signs a super huge deal for her and then get immediately gets called to his boss's office and he mm-hmm. thinks that his boss is just going to you know congratulate him on the deal that he's just made and his boss tells him that he has a special project he wants him to work on mm-hmm. and he basically needs to drop all of his clients he can keep the megastar and a couple of others but all the other sort of detritus yes. need, need to go to other agents and he has um so the special project he wants him to work on is um, aliens have made contact with him and he wants Tom to work on um, how best to introduce this alien species 
to Earth in a way that Earthlings will not be terrified because this alien species who whose name I cannot pronounce it mm-hmm. it starts with a Y and an H and has a J and it, yeah yeah they are gelatinous mm-hmm. and smell like rotten tuna. <laughs> so they're not they're super appealing. Not super appealing. Um, and so this is the story of how Tom is trying to figure out how to how how to break the news of aliens mm-hmm. to the world in a way that is going to in to a, work in a palatable way. In a palatable way, it's mm-hmm. his greatest uh, PR crisis ever. Yes. <laughs> All right, I guess he's such a good writer. He's such a good writer, and this this one is it's super funny um, as all of his books mm-hmm. really are. Um, but this is especially good, especially yeah. when uh, the um, alien that he he befriends, whose name is mm-hmm. Jacob, mm-hmm. makes friends with an old dog and they become best buddies. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. It's super fun, though. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, the the book I read next is, is not super heartwarming like that. Again, <laughs> I've just been on a little dark dive, I guess, um, now yeah. that I'm looking at my reading material. <laughs> um, so I recently read Vladimir, which is a book that um, one of our reps recommended and um it's taken me a minute to get past the cover oh god the cover if you haven't seen the book vladimir which is out in the world now it came out in february uh february 1st it is a a shirtless male with a gold chain kind of lounging a little bit and it's just not a cover you see often it's so it's the combination of the visual with like the type of font that they used mm-hmm. on it, it looks like a bad romance. Well, kind of. It looks like an upscale bad romance that might have a vampire in it, but it's not. Yeah. It is totally not. And actually, um, it was a really good book and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, again, dark. Um, it starts out, uh, the story is told, the narrative is told by a female college professor. Um, she's been a professor for years. Her husband is head of the English department and they're at a small liberal arts college, um, almost Ivy, but not quite, I would say Mm -hmm. in the Northeast. And, um, her husband has always been very popular and now he's under investigation for inappropriate behavior with his students. Um, and They've long had sort of a mutual understanding between them as a couple um, that they had a more open marriage. And so for her, this is not a big surprise. Um, And anyway, we meet her uh, as Vladimir, who is new into the English department, comes over to introduce himself. And he has a book that he's just written, and he brings a copy over and... um, <clears throat> and the story goes from there. And I would say it, it has some really unusual and quirky elements to it. Mm-hmm. And um, it is darkly funny. Um, I, it's, again, it's a little bit of a mystery, so you can't give too much away. But um, it's really about power dynamics and marriage and 
how all of that comes up against this sort of new age of feminism and Me Too on campus. Um, and it also has sort of a little bit of that academia back and forth in there, the cattiness and the, the weirdness of working on a college and the com competitiveness mm -hmm. of working um, in academia. And then it's, you know, for me being an older Gen Xer and looking at this, I kind of have one foot in one world and one foot in the other world. So I can see both sides, which I think the main character in the book can. Like, she really appreciates the younger women being able to stand up for themselves, mm -hmm. but she has a different understanding of these relationships because she's older and has lived in a different world. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's, it's a really interesting question on that. It's also a question of sort of... Um, uh, so she gets a little bit of a crush on... Vladimir, possibly an obsession with him. Mm -hmm. um, and she's probably about 10 years older than he is. And um, so sort of that dynamic plays into it, too. Um, there's a little bit of a misery scene, but not quite in there. <laughs> so, um, Oh, my. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting book. I would say for fans of the Knicks, okay, yeah. it would be a really good one, or Death Becomes Her. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those, if you liked those two books, you will probably like this one. And if you really hate the cover, just take it off. It's in hardcover right now. Yeah. And you can pull the jacket off. I had to read it in an arc, so, um, an advanced reading copy, which are paperbacks. So the cover was just, you know, it was there. It was there. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was, it was an interesting premise. And it was nice to hear something sort of more from, my generation's point of view because they're not many of us. So they're not many Gen Xers. They're just not. Yeah. So, um, so Vladimir <clears throat> by Julia May Jones and it came out February 1st and definitely give it a chance. Just, mm -hmm. just if you, again, the cover, just ignore the cover. <laughs> um, okay. So the next one that I was going to talk about, um, I read as an arc, so it doesn't come out until May 3rd. And it is The Murder of Mr. Wickham by Claudia Gray. And so if anyone has listened to this podcast, mm -hmm. you know that Jessica and I are um, Jane Austen fans. We have the Jane Austen book club at our, our store, and I will pretty much read anything that has anything to do with Jane Austen. Yes. Um, and Claudia Gray was... Um, familiar to me as an author because I've read some Star Wars books that mm -hmm. she's written that I really enjoyed. <laughs> anyway, um, so The Murder of Mr. Wickham, um, the premise is that it's almost Jane Austen and Agatha Christie mashup. Mm -hmm. So um, at the beginning of the book in the author's note, she star like has a timeline for how she imagines when each of the, the books that Jane Austen wrote, what their setting is time period mm -hmm. wise, because that's not, that's not spelled out in Jane Austen's books. So she tells you what the time period she thinks all of those happened in to account for the different places in life that the characters are all in when she's mm -hmm. telling her story. So she, um, it starts with, Knightley and Emma, and mm -hmm. they are 
pretty newly married. They have not been married that long. Um, and they are having a house party in which they are inviting a lot of our favorite characters to come and stay with them. So Mr. Woodhouse must be no Mr. longer with us. Yes, Mr. Woodhouse has passed on. Um, mm-hmm. Emma is living at Donwell with um, Mr. Knightley. And um, John and Isabella Knightley have not come to live at Hartfield. Mm-hmm. Um, they are still in their house in London. And so they... Um, Emma and Knightley have been renting Hartfield to uh, Captain Wentworth and Anne mm-hmm. um, because Captain Wentworth has um, had a turn of fortune um, and has lost a lot of his prize money that he won um, in the Navy. Um, also, uh, so also, so they are staying with Emma and Knightley because some repairs need to happen at mm-hmm. Hartfield. So they don't really know each other very well, but they're part of this house party because of Hartf- Hartfield being under construction. Mm-hmm. Um, also coming to the party are, of course, Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy. Um, he and Knightley are friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is far enough into their marriage that they have a grown son who's 19 or 20, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he's neurodiverse, Mm-hmm. Um, which is spelled out. Well, it, she never specifically says that, but mm-hmm. it, the way he interacts and some, he's, he's on the spectrum somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see who else is there. Um, Fanny and Edmund from Mansfield Park. Oh, now come on, poor Fanny. Well, really, you hate her as much as I do. (laughs) I hate her, but I find her insipid a lot of the time. Okay, well, that's better. Yes. (laughs) Um, So Fanny and Edmund are there, and Mm -hmm. Fanny is even acting more... Insipid? Insipid than normal, so she is... She is firing on all cylinders. Okay. Um, also, there are uh, Marianne and Colonel Brandon, mm-hmm. and they are very newly married as well. Okay. And then um, Henry and uh, Catherine Tilney's mm-hmm. daughter, Juliet, is there. Her okay. parents are not there. And that's probably better. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that's all of them. Um, and so one of the things that they don't all realize until Mr. Wickham makes an unexpected appearance at Mm -hmm. this house party is that they've all been affected by Wickham's latest scheme, which um, is how Captain Wentworth lost his money. Mm -hmm. Um, It has, he has ensnared John Knightley's money into it as well. Like, so they've all lost money as a result of Wickham's, um, scheme and, and i'm guessing wickham has nothing to show for it like his situation oh, no. is no better oh, oh no. no wickham is a bit of a bit of a dandy now oh, Wick- wickham is doing quite well for himself mm-hmm. um so wickham shows up unannounced and uninvited to mm-hmm. um emma and knightley's house and because of weather circumstances and you know the mm-hmm. the manners at the time they don't send him away they he stays there and so he's basically staying there and everyone tormenting everyone <laughs> yeah um and 
this is not giving anything away because the book is in fact called The Murder of Mr. Wickham. Mm -hmm. Wickham ends up dead. Um, And then it becomes a whodunit murder mystery because they know that someone in the house has done it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, Juliet Tilney and Jonathan Darcy Mm -hmm. join forces to be an unlikely um, crime-solving duo Uh um, because they recognize very quickly that the magistrate is a bit inept and the magistrate happens to be none other than Frank Churchill. (laughs) Oh, Frank. Oh, Frank. Um, So I will, I will say that I was very excited to read this book. I thought the idea was pretty clever. Um, I didn't love the execution. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot, of the, a lot of the reason that I didn't love the execution is because all the characters were just so grumpy and depressed, mm-hmm. and it was very clear why Jane Austen leaves it very shortly after I do. Yes. Like, it, you know, getting to the marriage is, is fun. Seeing what happens afterwards is like seeing how sausage gets made. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like... So um, I recently finished reading uh, A Woman in White, Wilkie Collins, and I loved it, but it is the marriage. Like, you go from... Um, yeah, you go into the marriage and realize the powerlessness of women, especially during this time. Yeah. And I, I think... Wilkie Collins probably goes a little deeper into it than um, yeah, the murder of Mr. Wickham. Prob- but, yes, but <laughs> um, but still, it was yeah, it was a good, it was not a happy story ultimately. No, and and all of these people, for better, like I mean, like the Darcys are incredibly well off. They don't mm-hmm. have financial constraints. They you know, but they still are just there's things that happen and the, yeah. like and for all of their you know great ability to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. They have no great ability to communicate with each other. Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. ultimately they had different backgrounds. Yeah. So, so, um, that being said, um, if you enjoy Jane Austen and you enjoy like the idea of, uh, a murder mystery involving Jane Austen characters, th- then by all means, yes, please do pick this up because it's not, it, I don't mean it to be that it's terrible. It just, it I was super excited for it mm-hmm. and it sort of fell flat for me, but but only because of that. But right. but you come to understand why they're grumpy and depressed. It just made me sad. Yes. <laughs> we want them all to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's what I was promised by Jane Austen. <laughs> yes. Well, we have and we have read ones where they are yeah. relatively happy. So yeah. yes. Um so the murder of Mr. Wickham? Yeah, the murder of Mr. Wickham by Claudia Gray. Ah. Uh, well, I read a, um, actually, I read a book which I've dipped into several different times recently. I didn't, well, I listened to it, which still counts as reading it. I listened to it on Libro FM. Um, it's sort of a pandemic book, so it's taken me a minute to fully want to dive into mm-hmm. it because, you know, we're still, we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this one is called Our Country Friends, and it's by Gary Steingart, who I just love. He, um, he is uh, somewhat of a comedian, and when you when you hear him talk, he's just really funny and um, interesting. And so this one is about eight friends um, who end up at the country house of the writer, 
um, in upstate New York at the beginning of the pandemic. Like it's March of 2020, everything is starting to shut down and the writer is in his house and he has three bungalows attached to the house. Um, and three of his college friends, well, two, um, and okay, two of his college friends, three of his college friends, three of his college <laughs> friends come. And then also a younger Southern writer, D, who um, was a student of his, and then the actor. And the actor is a famous actor who he's been working on for a pilot, um, and he's doing the screenplay, the writer. And so they are all put in sort of this, this weird situation because of the pandemic, and it goes from there. Um, so there is uh, the writer and his wife. She is a um, psychiatrist, and she's working online. They have a daughter um, who's very precocious and deeply into K-pop. <laughs> um, she has been adopted. She's their adopted daughter, and she is of Asian descent. Um, then they have a good friend who is Korean, who has Karen, who has um, made this app that has made her famous, and she has like all the things now that she could possibly want. Then they have another friend from college um, who is sort of a... He has three different passports. He's from a very wealthy family, and... Um, and is very smart, and he ends up here. And then the actor, who's just everything you would think that the actor would be. And then one of their friends, who um, was an adjunct professor, an aspiring writer, he's Indian, and he um, sort of fallen on hard times and is working in a restaurant uh, that a cousin of his owns. And... and it's all about their interactions, and mm -hmm. it's it's just as you would expect. Um, the um, there's uh, there's there are little affairs that take place. <clears throat> um, it's both really really funny and really, in the end, poignantly sad. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't I can't say too much else about it really without um giving away the end but they all have sort of this very urban ideal and they they're they're at a loss out in the country mm -hmm. they make these extravagant dinners and they do all these things but they're very leery of the population around them so it gives them this kind of closed feel um in the end ultimately they realize that the community is a community and and um, they end up putting on a play, Uncle Vanya, <laughs> which is sort of the play within the play. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's just a fascinating character study of these people in the pan. It's kind of a cross between Uncle Vanya and the plague coming together, mm -hmm. um, told with wit and humor. And it was fun to listen to it because of the voices that the characters had. Um, mm -hmm. And the ending is very poignant. Um, I, would, I wouldn't call it as dark as the other two books that I described as far as being snarky. This one has a little more of a real heart to it. Okay. Um, and I would highly recommend it. And if you, if you listen to it, I think it's perfect. It's one of those books that really lends itself to being read aloud. 
Um, so Our Country Friends with Gary Steingart. It's, um, there's also, there's a groundhog in it, Steve, who plays a major role. Uh, well, I love me a groundhog. I know. Um, and Steve is, Steve does not disappoint. Very good. All right. Um, okay, so the next one on my list um, is Black Buck by Mateo Ascarapur, mm-hmm. um, who was here for the book festival yes, this weekend. Yes, um, This book has been on my shelf since it first came out because um, I had read a review of it and it sounded really good. And mm-hmm. um, the fact that I was driving Mateo to his school visit while he was mm-hmm. in town um, prompted me to pick it up and actually read it. And it did not disappoint. Um, so it is written as um, a sales manual mm-hmm. um, or like an inspirational sort of book for black salesmen. Um, so the author's <laughs> note at the beginning is basically um, he had this idea where it's like the most powerful or it's like, I think the line is the most powerful man is a black salesman on a mission. Mm-hmm. And so the whole kind of idea of the book comes from there. Um, so it's about um, a young uh, man named Darren and Darren um, is incredibly intelligent. He was the valedictorian of an, um, a science high school in uh, Brooklyn. That's okay. like one of the best schools in the country. Um, but he didn't go to college. He um, is still living with his mom, um, and he's working at a Starbucks that is in the on the first floor of a building in Manhattan that has a bunch of like offices and mm-hmm. kind of high powered people coming in and out of it. Um, so one day, Darren is at work, and he's kind of the, he's the shift leader for the Starbucks, and he sort of holds them all together and um one of their regulars comes in and he's a guy that works um on like the 34th floor of the building and he's super high powered and always has his like bluetooth earpiece in and Mm -hmm. is talking on his phone and he always orders the same thing and darren decides that he's gonna like sell him on a different drink and so he like cold sells him on this he's like no i'm not gonna make that for you i'm gonna make you this and and so the guy buys the drink and ends up enjoying it. And so comes back the next day and offers Darren a job at his company as a salesman on the 34th floor. And so he decides he's, he's going to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and he doesn't think that there's going to be a lot of other black people working there, but he finds out he's the only black person working there. And he's the token black man in Mm -hmm. this all like white company, basically. Um, And it's the story of him trying to fit in here and become like successful, like all these young white men and losing himself in the process and figuring out what he wants to be and how he wants to live. And um, it's very, there. there's a lot of satire. Like, mm-hmm. the company is ridiculous. Like, his descriptions of the sales force mm-hmm. and um, it's just completely, uh, completely ridiculous. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. Um, and Mateo you- is 
one of the sweetest humans I have ever met in my life. He was just a true delight to be around. Absolutely. Um, That I can definitely second. So sort of what would you comp this book to if you were comping it? Um, Do you remember the Paul Beatty book, The Sellout? Yeah. Sort of like that, but not as absurd okay like because i think that one went super absurd um but that sort of satire right okay so this one is within the realms of like believability um it gets a little more absurd as it Mm -hmm. gets towards the end but not completely out of the realm of believability okay Well, I'm, that's one I want to read. It's on my list, especially after this weekend. Yeah, um, and he was he was an amazing speaker. Um, he had everybody just kind of like in the palm of his hand, mm-hmm. and we were all completely charmed. <laughs> really, he's a delightful human being. Mm-hmm. He really is. Um, well, okay, so my last book that I am going to talk about is um, The Third in the City Spies Theory series. <laughs> the third book in the City Spies series. That's not that's not an easy, easy thing to I say. <laughs> um, by James Ponty. And I um, I don't pick up middle grade books that often, but when I do, I usually thoroughly enjoy them. I just there's something so magical about middle grade writing. It's usually smart and interesting and um, has drama, but not adult drama, which I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one doesn't disappoint at all. It is um, the continuation of the story of Brooklyn, Kat, Sydney, Paris, and Rio, who are this young group of spies who live with mother in Scotland, and they attend school, but they also go on spy missions. And they all have different skills, and they're a very diverse group of kids. Um, and there's kind of something in this book for every kid, which I love. It's an engaging story. And each kid, like Rio, is really good at deception and magic tricks and things like that. Brooklyn is a computer whiz. Um, so it seems like the first book was kind of more Brooklyn-focused. Is mm-hmm. that fair to say? Does this one expands into the family. Like, Brooklyn is still a major player in mm-hmm. the family, um, but you get to know the other characters as well. Um, and they're going through some changes. I mean, they're getting a little bit older. Brooklyn is kind of getting used to being in this school. It turns out that because of the school system she came from, she's a little bit behind. And so she's not doing badly. She just came to the school in the middle of the year and she has some catching up to do so they would like her to stay home for summer school while the other ones get to go on this big case that takes place in Moscow and Beijing and um she's kind of jealous about it well I would be jealous too and no one wants to stay home and go to summer school (laughs) so it's um part of it is that and her learning her place in this family and actually like having a family and trusting mm-hmm. everybody's judgment. Um, but there's some learning curve too, because like Sydney is um, working for this ultra famous girl undercover and she's getting kind of seduced into this ultra rich world. And so there's a little bit of tension there because 
Brooklyn and Sydney were friends, and now um, Brooklyn is kind of making friends at school with this girl who's a little bit of an outcast and not part of the city spies anymore because she did something very deceitful. And then um, Sydney is making friends with this ultra-rich girl. Um, and so there's that tension of friendship. There's a tension of mission and duty. Um, but I, I just love this series because it is a diverse group of kids, but the story isn't about their diversity. The story is about their job and their family and, and making a family from, you know, scratch, basically. Yeah, found family versus, found family. Uh, yes. versus DNA family. <laughs> Biological family. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're looking, there are three books in this series now, and if you're looking for a good middle grade series, I, I would definitely say that. And this is, this is for girls, boys. It's not, there's something for everyone in this book. Okay. Um, which I just think is great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, so the last one I have is the one that I'm currently in the middle of reading. Um, I talked before that um, my husband has been asking me for years to read the Thrawn trilogy, like the Star Wars books Mm -hmm. by Timothy Zahn. Um, And I read the first one in the trilogy, um, and I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I actually enjoyed it way more than I thought it would. I was very surprised. So I'm reading the second one in it, and... um, so it it picks up where the other one left off, obviously. Um, but it it's picking up all these sort of threads that were left at the end of the first one. Um, so Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is um, just a delicious villain, mm-hmm. he's um, still out there trying to bring back the fledgling empire, and um, and he's not he's not given up. This is like five years now after um, the Battle of Endor, mm-hmm. and so it the the empire being defeated hasn't wrapped up quite as ni- as neatly as as everyone would mm-hmm. have hoped. Um, so that's happening. Um, Leia is pregnant with twins and Mm -hmm. she is, um, being pulled in a bunch of different directions. Um, uh, like politically, um, Mm -hmm. like she is, she, she's trying to learn the force, but she's also, um, involved in, um, in trying to create this new Republic and, and all the political machinations that are going into all of this. Um, Admiral Akbar has been imprisoned because they think that he's a traitor, but there's mm-hmm. some sort of political machinations going on um, behind the scenes there. And so Han and uh, Lando are trying to figure out what what's going on there and why um, who's who's setting Akbar up basically. So they're off on a mission. Leia is off on. She and Chewie and 3PO have gone um, with this species called the Nagri, who Mm -hmm. were um, servants of the Empire and actually um, worked for the Emperor and for Darth Vader. And all throughout the first one have been actively trying to um, capture them. But she made a deal with one of them that she would come to their home planet 
Mm-hmm. She doesn't know why they that he wants her to come there. Um, Sounds a little suspicious. It it does, but he's he's pledged a life debt to her. So he says that he will not harm her in any way. And he's allowed Chewie to come as well as protection. Um, And then Luke is trying to find this Jedi master who shows up in the first one and who is working with the empire. Um, Basically the only reason he would cooperate with Thrawn was under the promise that he would be given Luke Skywalker and eventually Leia and her unborn twins. Yeah. So we're not sure exactly what he wants them for or what what's going on there. Hmm. So Luke has been doing a little um, research and trying to figure out um, his backstory, and there's not a ton of information about him. Um, so he's... He's trying yeah. to figure that out. So okay. this is very much the um, Empire Strikes Back installment of mm-hmm. of the trilogy. So it's a lot of um, not a lot of action thus far, but, but tying everything yeah, together, building so that, the story yeah. so that the third one I feel like is going to be a action. lot of action, action packed. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. But it's it's actually really it's good. good. Yeah. I mean, like in. It's really good in the way that I feel like the newer movies mm-hmm. have not been. Um, like the the new trilogy of movies, mm-hmm. I will say. The, the one where they get the plans for the Death Star, um, I can't remember the name of the movie off the top of my head. That one was brilliant and very well done. Okay. Um, but the other three movies where I just felt were pretty disappointing. Um, Gosh, so I this haven't is, watched any of them. Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah. Oh, well. I, that's all right. Um, the, this, I think, is is a good mm-hmm. continuation of the story. And I think the characters, again, behave in ways that I would expect them. It has the nice political aspect of it and, like, mm-hmm. trying to build this new republic. And, you know, basically, there's a reason that the Empire sprung out of the old republic because it wasn't perfect. The Empire was certainly not mm-hmm. perfect. And the New Republic, the way it's going, is certainly not perfect either. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's I, I like the I like kind of the full world mm-hmm. view of what's going on. So Very thoroughly good. enjoying Timothy Zahn. He knows what he's doing with some Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's it. I mean, I um I'm looking, there's a lot of books I'm looking forward to right now. And it's kind of fun. So The Swimmers, which I've talked about on this, came out this week. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very exciting to see it in the store. Um, yeah. I don't know how to quite explain how when you've the, been excited about a book and it shows up in its final form. And yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, especially something that, you, like, because we get the advanced reading copies so far ahead of publication mm-hmm. date, like, we'll read them and then... Kind of for, not forget about them. You don't but forget about them, but when they finally arrive, like in the world, it's exciting and it's it is. it's nice to be able to put them into the hands of people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know. yes, it is. Yeah. And I'm um, yes, I have some bookmarks I need to write so I can mm-hmm. put them into my staff picks so people see them. Yes, but things to keep on the on on your radar. Ooh, um yes. the new Emily St. John Mandel book is coming out in April. Um The mm-hmm. Sea of Tranquility, which Jessica and I both oh, loved. Loved, actually, loved, loved, loved. Actually I think we both kind of agree that it might be the best in that group. I um, think so. Although I loved the Glass Hotel yeah, as well. Yeah, and I've I finally read the Glass Hotel so I, I can um 
Yeah, I, I think their really tranquility is just. The funny thing about her books, especially The Glass Hotel and The Sea of Tranquility, is that I continue to think about them, mm-hmm. um, which to me is the hallmark of a, a no. really excellent book. Um, and then, you know, what else is coming out is Taylor Brown's Wing Walkers, yes. which is yes. a very fun um, romp. It is, it is masculine prose. I yes, think it's masculine prose. But, um, but it's, it's, his writing is just beautiful. Yeah, so. so Taylor's new book. And then also Emma Straub has a new book coming yes, out. Yes, indeed. Um, also, um, uh, Ocean Vong has a new book coming out. Um, all of these are available for pre-order, and all mm-hmm. of these are books that we're going to have signed copies of if Which you is... pre-order. So that's exciting. Um, so lots of lots of really good books mm-hmm. are getting ready to come out. So the spring is going to be awesome. It is. I mean, <laughs> we. I think the everything got pushed off, put off mm-hmm. for a year or so, and now all of a sudden we're yeah. This year yeah. is going to be an amazing year for books. Well, and I heard a lot of authors say, and I don't think you know, I had nothing to do during the pandemic, so I just wrote. Mm-hmm. So we'll all. That's so we're one, starting to see the fruits of that. <laughs> yeah, one positive thing that's come out of all of this. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Well, we hope everyone is well. Um, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Happy reading. Bye. <laughs>